welcome to Breaking Fun, a podcast where we will be talking about the journey we all take to get to where we are at. This podcast will cover a little bit of everything as well as we will be sharing our personal journey and the journey of others. Hola, hola, hola. Welcome back to Breaking Fun with El Profe and Letty. I am your co-host, El Profe, and we are excited to begin our second episode today. Hopefully you enjoyed the first one. So alongside of me in this uh, podcast that we are working through and we are excited to do is my good friend, Letty. How you doing today, Letty? Good, man. Welcome, everybody. We are excited that you are all tuning in and joining us on this journey. So today um, is actually pretty interesting. We kind of settled on a topic actually early today on what we wanted to talk about. And since Father's Day just recently passed, we actually wanted to really dive in on fatherhood. But even more deeper than that, we wanted to break it down and examine fatherhood when we talk about the Latino or Latinx culture and also like with machismoness like what how does that play into a factor of fatherhood today how has it shaped how has it how has it um, changed and and we're going to actually dive into me being a case study because I actually am a father of two daughters. How has how have I probably changed? And um, I'm actually really excited because the profe, the profe is going to actually examine me and hopefully he can give me some enlightenment by the end of this journey today. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think let's before we dive into fatherhood, um, t- profe, tell us a little bit like what what's been your experience like? You know, what's mm-hmm. what's your relationship with your father? Yeah, my father was very, very, he did, I think, an excellent job. He was an excellent role model. Uh, he always played with us. He always tried to find time to play with us. You know, he was a, he worked out at a ranch, worked uh, extensive hours. He tried to take us to the games. He, you know, so we played baseball uh, growing up in Idaho. Idaho, you only play baseball maybe two, three months out of the year since it snows so much over there. Mm-hmm. But he tried to get us to play sports, tried to get involved as much as possible, uh, I had an excellent relationship. Logically, when you're an adolescent, you tend to be a bit rebellious. So I went through my adolescent phase. He was very patient with me, gave me great advice, scolded me when he needed to scold me. Maybe he only punished me uh, physically maybe two, three times in my entire life. He wasn't big on that. He was mm-hmm. more on let's talk, let me tell you uh, like what I think, and let's learn from that. My mom was the one that disciplined us the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had, I, and I still do have a very excellent relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, well, before I kind of would go into me, but yeah. the, uh, but I want to ask you this. like, So would you say overall, like the relationship you had with your father, do you feel like there was like love was in the forefront? Did you feel it as a kid? Was he able to express it to you in a way that you knew that, hey, there, my father's love was there for me? Yeah, my dad, he never said it. But he, when it came to, like, physically showing it, you know, he would try mm-hmm. and hug us. He would try and play with us. Uh, every once in a while, he'd give us, like, a kiss on the forehead. On with also, you know, I grew up with uh, two other siblings. Both of them mm-hmm. are boys. Uh, so, you know, my mom was the only female in the household. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad really tried to, you know, to be as expressive as possible, even though he never said it in words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you, you look back, and I really do appreciate that. 
so that was his way of showing, you know, uh, love and affection towards us. Uh, you don't really see that a lot, I think, in Latino households. Uh, in Latino households, because the man has, you know, is the head of the household, they have to be very rough. Very. There's all. I always think of three P. The, the three P's. Okay. Provide, protect, and procreate. And mm-hmm. I think that's related to kind of this machismo culture that we, you know, within the Latinx community that we see regarding males and how males uh, are expected to behave. And shameless plug-in, you actually did research on this, right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. We examined, <laughs> you know, Latinx male yeah. uh, cultural values. And a recent paper that we published with my friend and colleague, Dr. Graciela Espinosa Hernandez, uh, who's over in the University of North Carolina Wilmington campus, mm-hmm. and where we looked at Latinx male cultural values and how they're associated with sexual behavior. And, of course... Mm-hmm. Uh, those adolescents that displayed machismo were more likely to engage in especially you know, sexual behavior versus those that displayed caballerismo, being more like gentlemen-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were much more like, I wouldn't say cautious, but less likely to engage in sexual behavior. So mm-hmm. we have done a little bit of examination. And, and Latino male cultural values is uh, something that I like to examine a lot because I think it's an area that within our culture we don't really talk about. We don't really like to explore because why traditional gender roles are already sets, you know, like mm-hmm. this is how the male should behave. This is how the female should behave. Yeah, like there's like that one uniform, like this is what you have to be and you have to fit this model or this mold. And if you're not in it, you're looked upon or ostracized for yes. not being that mold. And we're changing that now, you yeah. know, uh, we're seeing statistically speaking, you know, many more uh, Latinas that are getting their bachelor's degrees, their master's degrees. They're going against the mold. Uh, every time yeah, we they go don't to Mexico, put up with stuff anymore. They Come don't. on, <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> That's the thing. Shout out to our Latinas out there. Come on now. Heck yes. No, every time I go to Mexico, and uh, there's this even there's even this pressure for males. You know, when you hit thirty, you're not married. Oh my goodness, you're too old for our Latinas. If they're if they're twenty one and they're not married or dating. Oh my goodness, you know, you need to think about having kids, this and that. When in reality, you know, if they want to go and get an education and get a degree, that's what they should be focusing on. Exactly. No, and I agree with you. I think, you know, it's awesome to hear that. And I hear that more with my, especially like here, talking to male student, male Latino students now more today um, from working in higher education. I see that there's a trend more that's evolving where fathers are showing more love and more yeah. affection towards their boys and their children and it's so sad well not sad but like i unfortunately didn't have that like my father was was very very rough my dad was an alcoholic he was an abuser he was my worst nightmare like and mm-hmm. i and it was funny because like i i had therapy a couple of days right after father's day and i legit bawled out crying because I'm still trying to process being a father when my dad wasn't even anything to me Mm -hmm. because I don't have a template. I don't have someone to say, hey, like, what do I do in this situation? I'm figuring out this way. And it's all about breaking the mold, right? I am breaking the mold. And especially having daughters, like, that is, like, it's, it's a challenge within itself. Yeah. 
you know, because I'm also trying to show my daughters that same way too. I was like, you know, you don't, I'm not trying to show my daughters either to play a gender role, gender, gender norms of like cleaning and cooking. Like, no, I want them to be strong. I want them to be independent. I want them to be strong willed. My daughter's only three years old and she's already doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's crazy to see that. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's beautiful to see it nowadays where that, that machismo culture is starting to die out not die out but it's starting to become weaker and weaker and we're able to fathers are able to show more love to the children it's all about a struggle it's all about breaking that chain yeah because we are tied to this chain this is what my mom states uh so she grew up in a very abusive household as well my Mm -hmm. grandfather you know bless his soul uh, he passed away last year uh i you know i loved him but i did learn a lot of how he was as a father, you know, uh, alcoholic, very abusive. Uh, he wasn't the ideal fatherly role model at mm-hmm. all. And my mom told me, like, she wanted to break that chain. She mm-hmm. wanted to be a better parent than her parents. Uh, but again, they grew up in such a, when it comes to these traditional gender roles, it's really hard to break that because, again, they're traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still see it in many of my uncles, the way mm-hmm. they treat their sons and the way they treat their their daughters. They treat them very, very differently. Mm-hmm. The expectations are very different. Oh, heck, yeah, right? of course. So all of a sudden, you might even see this cultural clash where you're, you know, in your case, maybe you're, you know, educating, you're parenting your kids in a specific way that maybe your parents might not necessarily agree with. Because that's what they didn't grow up with, mm-hmm. right? But again, it's all about breaking that chain. And it can be pretty tough, right? Oh, no, no, definitely. It is extremely hard. And I don't know, like, again, like, I only speak from my experience, but I feel mm-hmm. like for Latino males, for Latino men, especially when you're a father, like, it is so hard because I'll never forget the moment my, like, Elsa was just born and I took her over, and this is like how deep rooted the machismo culture is. And but like yeah. going even deeper than that, like how abuse even like affects children. I'll never forget the moment that I saw my dad playing with Elsa, my first daughter, mm-hmm. and the the love he showed her. I legit was crying. Yeah, like crying, because. In just that instant, he showed her more love than I ever received from him my whole life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to break that mold and to see that, it's so hard for guys. At least, at least I think for Latino men to like to to acknowledge one, acknowledge it, to see it, to get help, but even de- even deeper to change. Yeah, because you see these things, and then what do you do with it? And so. It's, it's so it's it's a it's a hard process to really, um, to go under, you know, yeah. to to evaluate, to examine, to figure out like what do I do? How do I move forward? How do I be the father my father never was? Because all you know up to this point is just abuse. It's just nightmares. You don't know how mm-hmm. to like you've never seen your father treat your mother with respect. You never experienced the father's love. You never experienced what it was like to have good memories with your dad. Yeah. And you're twenty nine I'm twenty nine, like you're twenty nine years old and then like you're here with two kids and you're trying to figure out how the heck do I provide not only like 
provide in like you know food and stuff like that but how do i provide in good memories for my child so that way they know that their dad loves them every single day and that's the mold that i'm breaking and it's crazy enough to say this but that's why i'm a huge advocate for self um for mental health because Mm -hmm. therapy has been like um amazing and I, i wrote this poem i think on facebook not too long ago and the end of the poem it says fatherhood is what set me free it wasn't until i had my daughters that i realized that what my dad did to me was really messed up. Mm-hmm. Up to then, I just kind of accepted it for what it was. I had a very like strong like wall, and I was like, I'm indestructible. You can do whatever you want to me. Nothing's going to penetrate and really get to me. But it wasn't until I became a dad that I realized like there's so much that I have to work on, and that's where things have to change. And you hit it, I think, right when you mentioned therapy. I think that's something that, because of these cultural values, because of these machismo cultural values, right? Mm-hmm. Going to therapy in our culture is a sign of weakness. Oh, yeah, of course. What? You're going to therapy? You're going to be put in asylum? How could you? You know, you should mm-hmm. be stronger. Uh, it really is looked down upon if you're a man and you're going to therapy. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's so sad because like it shouldn't be that way. No. But that's also why a lot of us Latino men, Latino males, when we become fathers, that's why we struggle the most. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure I'm willing to bet every dollar I got in the bank that every father that struggles out there is um, nine out of ten is because we just don't have good examples to show us. And so because of that, when life comes to us and then we're put in a situation where we do have to be fathers, we don't know what to do. Yeah. And sometimes, and here's the, here's the reality of it. There's three, well, a couple things that can happen. You turn to your friends mm-hmm. and your friends are probably in the same boat like you, <laughs> yeah. so they probably can't give you the best advice. <laughs> You turn to silence. You silence it. You say, I'm going to suppress it. I don't want to mm-hmm. even think about it. You also then turn to to substance. You turn to the alcohol, yeah. which plagues our community as well. Something Alcoholism. to take the pain away. You know, you, 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 you go to alcohol. You go to drugs because it's much easier to numb it than to actually deal with it. Yeah. And then the last, one of the, I think one of the other things you, you also go to is actually reaching for help Mm -hmm. when you're willing to swallow your pride and say hey like i don't know what this new area is i'm breaking a mold (laughs) now how do i get help and let me seek it from someone that actually knows what to do you know but you hit a component right there to get help we have i'll admit i even have a hard time saying hey i need help on this why maybe it's pride Maybe it's that sense that, again, we need to be strong. We need mm. to lead. Uh, uh, you know, I don't have kids. I'm, I'm older than you, too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I started just, I did, I did it right. <laughs> I'm <Adam> young. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that old either. <laughs> You're only, I'm only, what, three years older than you? <laughs> hey, man, I got two up. You come on now. <laughs> Two and oh here. <laughs> Looking like the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but right now my cousin so she had a kid last summer. Last yeah, last it was early fall of mm-hmm. last year. And I love going to her house and playing with that kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a daughter. 
I grew up again with two younger brothers, so uh, I always had female friends. Uh, so I learned a lot from them. But now that she, I mean, cousin has a daughter, and I go so much and interact with this little girl and seeing how much she's grown, mm. and it's just. It's been quite the experience because she is so loving, so caring. You carry her. Uh, it feels it feels amazing. I'm like, wow, like this is affection. This is truly affection. Oh, take a quick pause. All right, sorry, y'all. We are now back. Um, <laughs> technical difficulties. Technical difficulties, and we had a little interruption, but funny, um, long story short, we were actually continuing. We actually had some good stuff, and we had we forgot to press record. Well, I forgot to press record, so I'm going to own up to that. So let's get back into it. Let's see if we can try to capture what we just said. So, Profe, go ahead and lead us, man. Yeah, so I was talking about, you know, uh, now that I'm interacting with, you know, with my cousin, she had a child, this baby girl. I've had such a blast just playing with her, just, you know, how she shows affection towards me. I show affection towards her. You know, I'm not a father. I don't Mm -hmm. have any children. Uh, So this, you know, eight, nine month old is Mm -hmm. just it's just been such a great experience. Uh, Just, you know, even though I'm not the father, uh, just to play kind of a fatherly figure and, and be one of her like hopefully her male role models. And by the way, her father does an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Amazing job! Uh, shout out to him. Shout out to Horacio, uh, who does a great job being a father. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> so it just kind of warms, you know. Yeah. It really, I won't say it breaks you. It just makes you softer, but in a good way. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and, and it's so amazing to see it, right? Like uh, right before. Um, the interruption we were like as we were talking but it's like it's so important to see that right it's good to see this these models you're it's mm-hmm. good to see these experiences it's good to see these see us the fathers that are trying to break the mold out there showing what it's like to be a dad and like how we're trying to break the mold and also like how we're also trying to be more different than our parents were yeah. because if we don't see it out in the public or if we don't see it on social media more if we don't see it my thing is that social media is one thing but when you see it when you go out to mm-hmm. eat or when you're out in school or anything like that that makes more of a difference yeah because it's not in a screen it's like literally in front of you a different person it's the reality that men are changing and we're trying to be better fathers so it's it's you need to see it more more than ever so I had a question for you before we had our technical <laughs> difficulties, and I think it was a really important yeah. question. Uh, and my question to you was, uh, you know, you being a father, uh, and we're really mm-hmm. a different generation than our own parents, mm-hmm. uh, how would you react if one of your daughters in the future, which, by the way, since our first podcast, Letty had a second daughter. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Letty. <laughs> he's sleep surprised, but he's here. <laughs> Colombian coffee. (laughs) It works. So how would you react? How would you parent a child who identifies as LGBTQ plus given uh, how really our culture discriminates against people who identify as LGBTQ plus? 
Yeah, I I wouldn't care. I don't. I wouldn't care. I think I'd go back to like the one of the key principles of what I want my kids to learn, and that's loving loving yourself. So whatever my child identifies or my girls identify, I'm gonna support them and love them no matter what, as long as they love themselves. Mm-hmm. And if and and my thing is this, and and it's, it's always you know, as a parent. I see so many parents give up on their children. My godbrothers, um, when they came out of the closet, it was really hard because they got kicked out of their homes. And I saw yeah. it. I saw, like, how, like, our families just kicked them out and, like, they just said, like, hey, like, you all are not a part of us anymore. And the reality of it, though, is that when you do that, you're not only kicking them out, but you're a fool as a parent mm-hmm. because you're willing to throw away all these moments. The moment they were born, the moment they looked at you, the moment they called you mama or dada, the mm-hmm. moment they smiled, you're going to throw that all away for that in that one moment when they tell you, hey, this is what I identify as. Yeah. You're a fool. You're a fool as a parent to want, especially for fathers, because I see it more common with fathers in our culture yeah. where it's like you're willing to throw away a relationship with a child and all this stuff that you did to bring them up and give up on them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like it's you're it's like it's a it's so pathetic inside. And like I always say this, like my godfather did that to, to my godbrothers. And I'm always thinking to him like he's pathetic in my eyes as a man. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you have a million dollars, you're successful. You're pathetic in my eyes because none of that amounts to being present as a father. And what do you think is going to take to break down those barriers? I think a lot of it, my my belief is always that, and my therapist always tells me, she's like, Larry, you're always posting things. You're always posting your poems. You're always Mm -hmm. showing these moments. Why? And I was like, because it needs to be shown. It needs to be part of the culture. It needs to be seen. And it takes us posting it, celebrating it, seeing it more and more for us to realize that that it is possible and that there Mm -hmm. are guys that are brave enough to break the mold. I recently, uh, this is my second time sharing this because I forgot to press record, but (laughs) I recently took my daughter, um, when I had my second daughter, I was on leave and I took, at the end of my leave, I took my daughter to to a steakhouse up in Norcross called The Crossing. It's this beautiful steakhouse and we show up, my wife had my other daughter and I had my daughter, just me and her for the afternoon. We go to the steakhouse and I remember I go up to the waitress and she was like, oh, three? Because she thinks that I'm going to have my wife there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's just me and my daughter. And she was like, and my daughter was like, daddy, I want to sit next to the one. I want to see the choo-choo. I want to see the train. <laughs> this you know, beautiful three-year-old. And I was just like, yes, can we please get the window if it's okay? And they're like, yeah, it's okay. And so like we're mm-hmm. eating dinner, you know, we're at a freaking fancy steakhouse. Which I've been there <laughs> delicious really good food and so like we're eating ice cream we're having chicken tenders and french fries for her i'm actually eating a real steak (laughs) and um and we're drawing on the paper um sheets that are on the tables and then the train comes she's hiding because she's scared and then you know it's such a beautiful one in the corner of my eyes i'm looking and everybody's watching us why because it's not it's very rare that you see that yeah it's unfortunate how, too, and it's very unfortunate that you that it's not seen uh, as often. And how and I remember like I see more often women taking their childrens out to eat by themselves yeah. than I do see men. 
because sometimes like oh i gotta have my wife or though that's what the wife does or like things like that or that's what women do no like you know you gotta you gotta put it out there and that's what my therapist always tells me she's like you know you're like you have like this vendetta towards (laughs) men and like fatherhood and like you want to show people like hey like you can break the mold you got to you got to because if we don't do it, if we don't see it, if we don't celebrate it, and we don't make it more of a cultural norm, mm-hmm. then it won't change at the speed it needs to change. And then, in my head, I always think about this. Who really suffers? We're already in our 30s. Mm-hmm. We're going to pretty much kick the bucket. <laughs> don't say I, that either, well, eh? <laughs> well, okay, Jesus is going to call us probably sooner. But it's about the next generation. Yes. And how much do we want them to go under or experience, you know? And it's all about that. Like, we want to make sure that, you know, they have a better experience than us. And it's better to do it as early as possible than wait until we get ourselves together. That's why it's important to, you know, also self-care and take care of yourself and yeah. get help when you need it. Yeah. It's all about taking care and, and really, like you mentioned, not care so much about what everyone says rather than mm-hmm. to develop that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, values, norms, they change with time. Mm-hmm. They change with every generation. No, definitely. And uh, we live in a different time now. And it's okay, like you mentioned, to cry. If you're a guy, it's okay to cry. If you're a father, it's okay to hug your child, to say, I love you. Yeah. I don't think we do that enough within our culture. Uh, yeah, and and breaking the mold also means probably sometimes it's breaking away from your own family, you know? Like, yeah. I don't, and it's so sad because I don't have a solid relationship with my dad. Like, I still go, I still see him. I still put him on FaceTime to see my daughters. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling him. And, and the sad part about it, too, is that he also has a terminal disease. Oh. And mm-hmm. so I'm also not, like, over here, like, you know, trying to figure out his will either. Yeah. Because in my eyes, like, and I tell, like, you know, one thing that I work, I work through in therapy is the fact that, like, he also played a role in how messed up I came out. Like, not messed up in that I'm screwed up mentally, but like, you know, I I have a lot of depression that I that I work through. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm a high, and like my therapist always says, like, you know, you're a high function depre- like per, like uh, someone that um, for someone that's battling depression, she says I'm very high function. Like, yeah. when people don't even know this unless they really know who I am, they don't know that I battle depression, which is why I'm in therapy, why I do meditation, why I I am so involved in so many things because I'm trying to find ways to cope with it and deal with it because I've been dealing with it since I was 15. Yeah, right. And I think and you're doing all, a good job. You're hey, man. seeking help. That's uh, yeah. a huge, huge step. And and but breaking apart from that mold is also accepting the fact that you also have to let go. Yeah. You know, I let go of my father because I also had to accept when my second daughter was born more. It became more apparent with my second child than my first that I had to let go of my dad. Mm-hmm. I am not him. He's not me. And I don't need his validation. And that's sometimes... When Latino men, like when we have, when we we become fathers, we want that. We want that. Yeah. Hey, good job. You're doing a good job. Or like you want your dad to say, "I estoy orgulloso." Like I'm so proud of you and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't need that. You just need to tell yourself that. Exactly. You just need to feel that yourself, and that's breaking. Breaking the mold also requires that. It's letting go. If you if you have family or parents or uncles or cousins or sisters that are very old school minded you also have to let that go now 
we're gonna end on a. I'm gonna try and change it to end it on a lighter note because oh. I know you're gonna have to <laughs> go pick up your daughter pretty soon. But just want to say, I was in seven hundred dollars in debt because of my mom. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah, she bought all this furniture, and I'm like, oh, this is great. She's like, you're gonna, you owe me seven hundred dollars. Oh. Man. I'm like, oh, no. When do I have to pay for it? Wait, on your credit card? No, no. She just paid. She just bought it on her, and she's like, you owe me this much. I'm like, dang, that's parenting. That's Latino parents for you. Dang, man. <laughs> hey, at least my house is not furnished. But still, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's Latino parents for you. Oh, my God. I just want to end on that kind of happy note or yeah. funny note because you know, I know you have to go pick up your daughter right yeah. now. and But parents, fatherhood, you know. It's such yeah. an important topic. I think this is a topic that we can definitely discuss in future. future. No, but shout outs to all the fathers. Like, you know, on a note, you know, shout outs to every father that's trying to do better. Every father yeah. that's trying to break the mold. And, you know, I think one of the beautiful things is that, and definitely on a positive note, yeah. when you break out of the mold, you learn to appreciate life so much better. Yes. I just recently got off leave. And Georgia just passed out another law that says, hey, we're offering parental leave now, which didn't exist in Georgia. And guess what Larry's doing? I'm going back on vacation next week. I'm getting the heck out of my office, and I'm going to go enjoy my time again with my daughters. Because it's not all about working and being the provider and protect. It's also about being present. And so shout-outs to all those that want to be present. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And when you learn it, it's, it's truly one of a kind. And you should get plenty of sleep, hopefully. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Um, but thank you all so much, yo. With that, we are out. Stay tuned for our next episode. And, yeah, peace. Take Anything care. Else? Bye.